Hello! Welcome to Nick Flanagan Weekly. It is I, titular host NF, here, hitting you with the dulcet, dulcet, how do you pronounce it? Doesn't matter. How do you pronounce this shit? Doesn't matter. I'm Nick. This is 2021. Don't worry. It's still a whole thing. And that's okay. Just listen to some music. Block out the outside world. Tell everyone to take five and listen to this podcast. I am so happy to have you here in the new year. I am still slowly rolling into, you know, being active, period, but also putting out episodes on the reg. And it's going to ramp back up. I'm just tired already. Is everybody already tired? I'm walking dogs. One of them's a puppy. I mean, I'm not like walking dogs as some like a, a whole business. I just mean I have two dogs to walk every day, a couple times, if not more. And um, you must be noticing the ability to uh, do things during the pandemic and have the energy to do things has diminished, or at least the shame I feel for being tired after doing anything, because I have been saying for years that I can only do about one thing a day. But uh, that's ramped up really heavily now. And with two walks, that's two things a day. So basically, I'm cramming two days of work into one day now. And that's making me tired. But also, of course, uh, because I do so many solo episodes talking just about what's going on, it's been um, daunting. You know, what am I supposed to talk about? I mean, obviously, there's lots of things happening in politically in the world. But just in my day-to-day life, I mean, what am I going to say? I'm, I'm hiding at home. I'm in a new environment. And I'm adjusting. And uh, anyway, I'll probably be releasing a new episode tonight before I even put this one out, which is coming out right after that new episode. So what am I saying? The output is great, including this interview with a man who I have enjoyed uh, performing alongside uh, for a while now. His name is Joel Edmiston. He's a comedian, filmmaker um, based out of Toronto. And he's used the pandemic in such a cool way. He made a movie by himself. Uh, it's called Elfing Around, and you can watch it on YouTube. And it, it's really fun, and it's really funny. And, uh, you know, because he made it himself, and because, I mean, he literally made it, does all the voices, got all the, you'll hear about it, he got all the creative commons, music, and, and images, and... Uh, so it's a sing a single sensibility for the entire film, which um, film, <laughs> which I think is just a great aspect of of the time we live in. There's so many creators, uh, you know. I guess we even with YouTubers and stuff, you see it, but whose entire perspective is immediately presented to you, essentially undiluted, because they have total control out of what they're putting out. And Joel is continuing in that, and it's a really silly funny crazy uh little feature elfing around yes it's about christmas but if you're anywhere near the neighborhood i am or perhaps if your neighborhood is like the neighborhood i'm in christmas lights are still up so it's still appropriate to watch it and if the christmas lights are down be a rebel and watch it anyway it's worthwhile i mean it's not like we forget about the existence of santa claus for the rest of the year. That's just not what happens. 
So yeah, this is my talk to Joel Edmiston. I was, uh, it was, it's all the way back from like early December, but, uh, that being said, um, you know, I think we had a really good conversation about creativity and what went into making the movie. And he just called into this, uh, Tim Heidecker with DJ Doug Pound and Vic Berger, this show called Office Hours. So we talked a bit about that and, uh, you know, it just was really fun. And one of those things where I'm so glad, uh, he put this out and that we got to have a conversation about it. So if you want to check that out, just look up Elfing Around or Joel Edmiston on YouTube. You will find it very easily, very quickly. He is also Joel, two L's, baby on Instagram. And I'm sure he's on all the other social media things because that's what comedians do. So here's my talk with Joe Edmiston. <laughs> Here's my talk with Joel Edmiston. Edmiston. Good God. Enjoy. Yeah, you think it's going to pick up in the recording? I haven't been told that it has, but you okay. never know. Sometimes lack of response is the way people tell you that it sounds bad. I listened to the uh, John Daly episode this morning. Oh, cool. How was the sound on that? I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything like that. Did you enjoy that. my talk with Big John? I did. Yeah, I like John Daly a lot. Yeah, he's so great, and mm -hmm. uh, it was cool because I I did like a one of he was doing all these Instagram lives to promote his thing, his Abracadabralifornia single, yeah. and mm -hmm. uh, I went on with them, and then I was like, "You want to do the podcast?" And he was like, "Yeah," but I I mean, you know, I knew him a bit. Yeah, that's cool. Or more than a bit. I don't know. How does it work? Yeah. Yeah, you never know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. That was what I realized. Well, when... Sounds like you went to his birthday party. I went to his engagement party. I went okay. to his birthday party. So I guess we're friends. I saw I've seen yeah. I saw Killer Joe with him. So that's a good movie. Yeah. I'm trying to th think of when I saw that for the first time. Yeah, you I know, thought it was cool too. We were like weirded out by it, but we enjoyed it. Sure. You know, yeah. it's got like a stagey feel or something, but it's a it's yeah, it's based on a Tracy Let's play. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Tracy Letts, I, you know, not to get all Hollywood, but my buddy invited me to a screening of Christine, that movie about the woman who uh yeah. you know, the car. No, not the car <laughs> one. I'm kidding. Can I, I saw that movie, the, yeah. the Rebecca Hall movie. And yeah. Rebecca Hall and Tracy Letts were uh did a QA afterwards, and I was like, Tracy Letts hadn't really been on my radar, but I was like, this guy's cool. This guy yeah, yeah. does a lot of stuff, you know? He's great. Um, that movie made me cry it's when I saw it. It's a story. I mean, yeah. she's really wonderful in it. She's a really great actress. She's fantastic, yeah. And, um, you know, did she inspire you at all for your magnum opus, Elfing Around, your debut as a cinema, everything as in cinema? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that Rebecca Hall was on my mind very much when I was making making other than you know just rebecca hall just always being in my mind is you know right the rubric uh, of talent that just sure. plays through our head all the time when we think exactly all the yeah. people who we like mm -hmm. yeah uh, but uh, i i wasn't uh, often thinking what would rebecca hall think of this or uh what would rebecca hall do in this situation well um, we got to get rebecca hall got to get it on rebecca hall's radar yeah uh, I, I don't know is she on twitter I don't know. Maybe probably Instagram. 
probably Instagram. Mm-hmm. I've been mm-hmm. really having fun with the Instagram follows lately. I'm following all the rappers I like. And when I was watching Below Deck, I followed all the Below Deck. Cats. Oh, the Star Trek show? No, <laughs> the reality show about what it's like to be a employee of a super yacht that <laughs> is rented out to rich people. I don't know that one. There is a a Star Trek show called Below Decks right now or something like that. What's it called? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that show too. I know yeah. Show. My, my, my friend, my friend had something to do with one of the episodes. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I follow uh, people who are, were on the TV show Survivor on Instagram. That's and what I'm talking couple- about. Oh, David Wright? No, I just mean following reality people is oh, like okay. really fun. Um, uh, I thought you were saying that your, uh, your, your friend was, was a uh, Survivor contestant and writer no. on, on uh, Star Trek. <laughs> I don't know Below any Decks. Survivor contestants, but I do have deep history with uh, Andy Wood, who uh, won like Jeopardy recently, this comedian Andy Wood. Mm. So that's something. Cool. Yeah. But go on about Survivor. Enough of me uh, name dropping. Well, I actually have a, Survivor, a podcast where I talk about Survivor. So shit, what's that called? It's called Merge Boot, a Survivor podcast. God damn it. You probably have a million listeners. No, uh, we did when Survivor was on. Not a million, not even close, but. Uh, but you had engaged. We had, you know, good uh, following, but we and we've kept we've kept podcasting since Survivor went off the air during the pandemic. I mean, especially during the pandemic, when Survivor was still on, people were getting our listeners were getting bigger and bigger. And then recently we've just been podcasting about pretty much whatever we want but mostly the tv show the mask singer right which stresses me out deeply so it's a very loud show on on an aesthetic level it's i i mean i don't really watch it so i don't actually have any knowledge i just know when i see pictures of the costumes that the mask singer wears i i i, I just think i'm in some kind of a like Every type of Twitter account that has a drawing as the AVI or whatever you call it as the as the picture profile picture, I feel like it's a combination of all of that. That's the aesthetic, you know. There's a lot of money in the Mass Singer. They have different costumes and sets every week, and it's like, you know, so elaborately designed that you get. I I, I at a certain point had to be like, wow, this is pretty cool. If not sort of dis dystopic you know it's, it's yeah it, it's very dystopic seeming to me like and and yeah so i think that's what words me out but it it, it is uh, it's it's fun but um my podcast neither of us like the show very much yeah like the podcast that you do you don't like or you don't like the no mass we don't singer. like the mass singer very much yeah exactly <laughs> so it's like that's why i don't watch it um yeah but uh so i don't know what it's like to listen to (laughs) to people who don't like the mass singer forcing themselves to talk about the mass singer i mean i do think that's what a lot of the enthusiast podcasts must eventually turn into is just people who are like they you like hear them becoming over the thing they're talking about i would have been talking sopranos once they get past like season three i don't know if you've heard that do you know what I, haven't, I haven't I mean I'm sure there's I'm I'm sure that there is talking sopranos and talking dead and all well, this no, stuff. No, right? talking sopranos is different though. It's not just a podcast about the sopranos. It's a podcast it's, where Michael Imperioli 
Right. And okay. Steven yes. Strippa, I... who plays Bacala, um, <laughs> former uh, a comedian. This is a, this is another dystopian thing that I was thinking about. Is that these TV shows? This is what like the the people who are on these TV actors, their their the trajectory of their career now is no longer you know they pop up in different TV shows and guest stars and stuff. They they finish on their TV show maybe try and do another show. And then afterwards they just start a podcast about the TV show they used to be on. Yeah. It's- that is a thing that's happening in the reunions now is work, you know, remember yeah. this, but, but I, I will say, I can't really speak for Steven Strippa because I think he's really rode the Sopranos horse for a long time, but Imperioli is kind of a, a different character. He has like bands and he's got right. an acting school and he does this weird, not weird. I go, I go to it, but I think it's kind of un unique that it exists he does uh pod uh, sorry a uh, uh, monday meditation zoom because he's a, a buddhist really uh, uh you know and and uh and and on talking sopranos he's always talking not just sopranos but about you know roles like he's like oh yeah this guy was in here and uh i was also uh i was in a film with them in 1997 called breakers Breakers two nine, and um, you know it's. Uh, you ever talk about the movie Primal that he was in? Is he in a movie called Primal? Is it yeah, like with- that video game Primal Rage? Is it about big animals that fight each other? Uh, it's about uh, Nicolas Cage is a uh, exotic um, cat ha- handler, mm-hmm. and uh, he uh, his cats get loose on a boat. Oh my it's kind of like snakes on a plane, but cats on a boat. Oh, this sounds right up my alley. I've been on a Nicolas Cage kick lately. We watched The Family Man, and then the other day we we revisited Face Off. And well, uh, we also watched like a long GQ interview where he breaks down his quote-unquote most iconic roles. And I'm just like oh. waiting for to watch Bad Lieutenant, which I've never seen. Oh, Portico New Orleans. Breath, yes. And, directed uh, by Werner Herzog. Directed by Werner Herzog, like, and uh, so so you know wh- who's another guy who some of the movies that I've been meaning to see we we caught up with during the pandemic. Uh, it's been a real boon as a catch up. This situation. I've I I've watched a bunch of Nick Cage movies this year. I think it, it's high time to for you, Nick, to get into his uh, direct-to-video action movies. Yeah, no, I know he's he's done that thing that Johnny Depp should have done, where he just admitted he needs all the money in the world and just is doing every single thing. Another another theory is that he just he wants to he doesn't want supporting roles anymore. He wants to be the main character in his movies, and that's what a direct-to-video promises him. Well, you know, he's been a star in like most of the movies I've seen him in. I know, but like, but he didn't. You're right. Like, when for people his age, yeah, totally. Like, I think that's that's one of the reasons why, like, you and John Daly talked about in your episode, Jack Nicholson retiring. Like, the roles Mm. he was getting on his way out were all supporting roles, and he's used to being like leading man. Yeah, and and it's uh, I think it's also the type of roles that you would get even if you were a leading man, like in a big movie which by the way like what what is not going to be direct to video now with this hbo max thing like it's yeah all for sure to streaming and i was actually just talking about this with someone like uh they were like i didn't like uncut gems they were like i put it on it was just like so extreme and i was like yeah but i watched it you know rushing to a theater in manhattan 
mm-hmm. not far from where it's set to watch in a theater with my friend who's like a character out of Uncut Gems practically. And, and right. you know, you can't have stories or situations like that watching something streaming. We saw The Irishman in, in the theaters too. And I think it's a total, it, it, it will always be a different experience. And, and um, I don't know, I think they should just open up like a thousand movie theaters so people can just go in couples, Dude, you know, I don't, to I don't alone. Oh yeah. I mean, you can, I guess during the pandemic, it's hard to watch movies, but I, I don't think that movie theaters are dead. I think people that are, they've been saying that throughout all year, they've been saying that. And I'm, and I'm thinking, yeah, but, people are going to want to go to the theater and you can't say that they're not, maybe there'll be smaller. Maybe there won't be as many show times, but it's still going to be a thing. It's still going to be a thing you're allowed to do. Things are going to be different and you know, slowly it'll get back. But yeah, the HBO max thing is, is pretty wild. Uh, Warner brothers. I just feel like they, uh, they kind of, uh, they made a game plan at the beginning of the pandemic that it might not end. And yeah. mixed with they didn't re- they wanted to really outdo, uh, you know, Netflix and stuff, Amazon. Yeah, I think they were they were too loose on the trigger. Maybe I think they could have they they just were too impatient. It It's all money, man. Like people are worried about money right now and all this stuff. And 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 obviously these huge conglomerate movie studios, Disney and all this like Disney re- releasing all these like plans for the future yesterday was like it stopped being exciting once they like they announced like the fifth thing of the day and it's like okay now it's just all money now it doesn't feel like you you give a shit you're just doing this for money and like it like yeah well this is what i'm i've been hoping you know an outcome of of uh the situation we're in right now would be not not that people are doing things for money but that like that it feels like that's like more exposed Mm-hmm. And I was just sort of talking about this on a, uh, uh, I went on the turned out a punk 300th episode today with Damien Abraham and Danko oh, Jones. Cool. And we love yapping the three of us. And mm-hmm. it's just something where I think that because of money and branding and the amount of money it takes to sort of say, put on a festival where all these different types of musical acts are all together to put on a comedy festival where all these different types of comedians are all together. It's like what that did was that sort of pooled everything in the same like um, aquarium, you know, whereas before it would be like a goldfish bowl and then the tropical fish aquarium and then turtle thing. And uh, now it's just, and I think that because we're all stuck doing our own thing, a lot of people are going to do, you know, are, are doing what you're doing um, on some level. You know, I think it's really cool. You, you, why don't you, why don't you tell the people about elfing around your sure. Brand? Yeah. The, the, the direct to video, uh, <laughs> yeah, direct to streaming. Yeah. Direct to streaming uh, movie that Christopher Nolan called me up and was so mad that I put it on YouTube. Yeah, no, he told me to, <laughs> he's calling everybody um, these days. Yeah, yeah. Checking in you know? all, all online uh, yeah. content producers. I'm interested um, in self care. Is he British? Yeah, he's British. Oh, His hello. brother, Jonathan is, is, is American though. It's weird. Mm. Is he related um, to Nolan Ryan? Does it work that way? 
Uh, he's uh, you you know the former uh, San Jose Shark and Toronto Maple Leaf, Owen Nolan. Yeah, Nolan. He's their dad. Um, <laughs> I knew it. Uh, so I have a movie. Yeah, like you're saying, I'll explain to your listeners. I assume we're this is all we didn't say when this is this is part of the podcast. <laughs> this um, is all uh, part of everything. Yeah. Uh, is uh, I made it. I started it in uh, May. Started making the movie, mm-hmm. and I finished it uh, around October, and uh, planned. It's a Christmas movie called Elfing Around, and mm-hmm. I made it all by myself, you know, because I was basically by myself, and you're afraid to, you know, make anything with anybody else that's mm-hmm. not in bubble and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I, I made it with just my, with, uh, with this microphone I'm using for the podcast right now. I made Is that it SM58? SM57? It's, it's not a, I don't know. I don't think it's a very good microphone, but well, it's uh, working well. It works fine. And uh, I made it with, uh, for the images, I had watermark stock photos, and then I used license-free music and sound effects. And it's an 80-minute movie, so I, it's, it's, it's real. Yeah, you're counting it as a movie. You're not underplaying how you feel about it. You're saying it's 80 minutes. I did it all. I had, had a yeah. beginning, middle, end. This is a movie. And, it's a uh, movie, yeah. I just watched it right before talking to you because um that's what it takes for me to Thanks sometimes watching you're welcome I'm, i've obviously been meaning to and um it was uh it's it, it was great i was really i really enjoyed it and um it was funny i had to watch it just for time's sake i went i'm staying on an island on toronto's toronto island which i found nice. out recently might be called actually toronto's islands which i did oh, not know interesting um my brother but, did that once what you're doing Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I do this. I've been doing this for like eight years now. And this is my second oh, cool. time doing it uh, this year. And um, oh, great. this was a whole month and it was killer. But yeah, so I was watching the movie <laughs> while I was walking along the Hamlin's Point Island and finished it on my big screen. So nice. yeah, but um, it's really funny. It's really, I mean, it's really an example of something that can only be done, um, I don't even know what to say. Like, it's just like you did something and it reflects like your exact voice in a way that, you know, like you do live performance and stand up as well. And like, well, that's only gonna be one side, you know, and like podcasting, sure, that's gonna be like another side, but you're talking about like, in the moment and survivor and stuff. This is like you being uh, very silly mm-hmm. for 80 minutes. So it's just like a deep dive into your vibe, you know? Exactly. And, yeah. You know. I think it's a, it's a study and giving somebody, I mean, nobody gave it to me. It's just someone having complete control over exactly what they want to do. I think, I, I think it's the, the movie as it stands right now is, exactly what i want it to be and uh uh i didn't have any but anybody else's voices telling me to cut anything or add anything or mm-hmm. you know i just did exactly and it's it like it's exactly the way my brain sort of works and like people have said like it reminds me of your stand-up as well i'm like yeah because it's me it's all me like oh I yeah just- it reminds me obviously of of your stand-up but i also think it's you know like 
you're not going to do an 80 minute stand-up show necessarily, you know, like, no, but I think a lot of people, what they expected when they, when I, they heard I was just making an 80 minute movie with no, no video, just pictures. I think they expected it to be like a, like, like a, uh, like recently how to with John Wilson. I think people were expecting something like that, where I just sort of talk, Mm -hmm. um, like almost like a podcast with images. Yeah. But I think, but I, I had it with like me voicing a bunch of different characters. And I just, I just, the whole time, I just treated it like it was going to be a movie. Like I it mean, was like a proper movie. And I was thinking maybe by the time it came out, and obviously this was um, wishful thinking, but I thought maybe theaters would be out and I'd be able to play it at the Royal. You know oh, that'd I mean? be fun. Or the Paradise, uh, which is reopened, yeah. uh, unfortunately, just in time for uh, theaters not being allowed to yeah. have people. This wonderful, Rep cinema that was there for ages. It's where I watched Pulp Fiction, I think. Really? Uh, yeah, it was called The Paradise. Uh, reopened all fancy style. But it's, it sounds like it's cool. And um, and it, yeah. it, like The Paradise was meant to like also like hype up Toronto filmmakers as well. Like Yeah. 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 But now it's just hyping us up for it to reopen. But well, yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, that being said, I... I, you know, like occasionally when I was walking, I'd have to like put my phone away from my eyes. I think that something that it also works as is like an audio. Yeah, man. Like it could be, I think that stuff like this, like it, it almost ref- reminded me of like on CBC, some of the shows that people do of, and obviously there's like people are doing on audible, like novels where everybody does a different voice and, you know, so so it, it kind of works as a multi-platform uh, presentation. It, I made it first really cool. as an audio movie. Like it right. was... I was going to ask about the order, you know? Yeah. So I did all the audio first. And basically, I was making it uh, under the idea that I wasn't able, wasn't going to be able to do much innovation with the the stock images because I, mm-hmm. I like the stock images do tell the story and there are a couple visual jokes that i'm proud of through it mm-hmm. um but mostly everything the story is told completely through the audio where he's and i also was thinking too like so many people like I, I people watch movies at home now and when they do they are on their phone the whole time so yeah i mean i, I was watching it and writing some questions for you doing my pages for the day right and uh, my to-do list, but I was still paying attention. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, YouTube is actually an amazing uh, frontier of, of this kind of stuff, not to use the word frontier, but it's like, it's one of those things. I mean, the problem is that it's a massive corporation and a massive platform that is completely out of c- the control of everyone putting stuff on it. Yeah. But with that being said, it's like, I do the, you know, I, I got to, kind of get in with these amazing uh animators and and they write their own thing and they voice their own thing and i get to collaborate with them wayne stop and it's like that thing that they do can be tracked back to this video i was in love with called bart the general uh some of the people involved in in wayne stop were in this thing famicon that was like mid to uh like 2005 to maybe 2011 making really skilled but completely rudimentary seeming weird shit. And that is a side of YouTube that is massive. Mm -hmm. Um, 
not so much in views all the time, but sometimes, and, but, but in terms of the amount of people that love it, uh, and the amount of people making different stuff in it. And if you even want to get into like, say video game YouTubers or like just, and then even into TikTok and stuff, it, it it's people are like super into doing things that would have seemed, you know, like they'd be in local video stores, you know, right. specific cities. Oh, I made this thing. Here it is. Like, right. They, yeah. They that and that's, yeah, that's sort of what YouTube is like. Yeah. That's, uh, it's a, it's a platform for things like that. And I guess with, I mean, I, I sort of made, it ended up decided to make the movie feature length in defiance of the short formness of that. Like comedy basically became just short form comedy mm-hmm. when the pandemic hit pandemic hit because you know the live comedy and everything else was a was a a a long form thing and i didn't and i prefer things to be longer you know even podcasting i wish i want every podcast to be three hours long you know that's so funny because i do Um, some long podcasts my interviews and you know i always get the sense people like specifically say to me oh your solo episodes that are like 20 25 minutes like i love that i can just like zip through them so it's i think cool. i think i'm in the minority i think i do you am do that thing where you listen on like 1.5 speed that people do no man no i i like a good long episode of a podcast do you skip spoilers for movies you haven't seen uh well i typically wouldn't listen to an episode of a movie podcast had i not seen the movie Unless it's like kind of like a a movie that I don't plan on seeing. Why do you listen to such long podcasts? I don't know. I just I I like if if I like the it's especially uh, easy to commit to if I already like the show and I know I like the people. Um, I e John Daly, Flans. John Daly, yeah, and uh, what other long podcasts do I like? The the. Uh, I don't know them, but uh, the Matt Gorley and Paul Rust podcast talking oh, about the horror movies. I haven't I watched that or listened to that, but I I, I watch uh, and basically listen to this thing called Majority Report with uh, Sam Cedar. It's like a political thing, mm-hmm. and uh, it's long, but I've definitely put in this amount of time like watching, listening to the whole thing. You know, and yeah. I, I I mean, I also I go did that f- with Howard Stern. Also, I'd listen to like the whole Howard Stern. Right. You know. Well, I like I like going for long bike rides. I uh, uh, I like, you know, I don't commute as much anymore. On girlfriend, TTC. this is starting to sound like a Tinder profile. I just want to let you know you started that sentence like dating profile. Yeah, I go for long bike rides. You know, I uh, <laughs> like to listen to podcasts. Yeah, um, uh, that I guess that sounds like a flex. Um, but <laughs> humble, uh, I out of the pandemic. I, before the pandemic, I was not going for long bike rides and I needed to do something with my time that wasn't, you know, talking to myself on a microphone and looking mm-hmm. at stock photos. So I, uh, I started going for long bike rides and, and uh, particularly Patreon episodes that are really long because they don't have ads. Those right. are great. Yeah. Hello. I hope you're ta- talking to the podcast while listening to it saying how good it is i hope you're enjoying the talk with joel and here is the part where i say hey hey how much do you like nick flanagan weekly do you like it a lot do you want to see me continue doing it and buy better and better gear or have 
people helping me with Instagram. I mean, I really want to somehow get the word out more, get things going a little faster. I think we're doing good work here. And if you do want to help support the podcast, obviously, rating, reviewing, uh, subscribing, always amazing. Really appreciate it. Now you can take it to the next level. And go to ko-fi.com slash Nick Flanagan. It's ko-fi.com slash Nick Flanagan. And uh, that's a way to do a one-time donation. And you can also do a monthly donation via Ko-fi. You can also go to patreon.com slash Nick Flanagan if that works for you. As well, uh, nickflanagan.bandcamp.com. I re-released my album, I'm Here All Week, my very first album from 2010. Which, honestly, you know, yes, it's my first comedy album, but it was after, like, many years of doing comedy so it's uh it's it's not like some cash grab that i did not that that's what comedians do i've never thought of any comedian as being opportunistic ever uh but but yes this i i stand by this album I, people say it's very funny and uh i uh love all the people who helped put it out uh and and i added a new clip at the very end of it, if you buy it on Bandcamp, there's a bonus track from March 2020. So that's how you can support. You can pick up my album, I'm Here All Week, or Wiped Privilege at my Bandcamp, or uh, go to Kofi.com and Patreon.com, and some of the perks we'll be adding will definitely be, uh, if you become a subscriber at a certain tier, you will get the albums that I have on Bandcamp and uh, some other things. So feel free to help. Feel free to take care of your damn self. Self-care is very important right now. Trust me. And enjoy the rest of my talk with Joel Edison. So how, with the visual or with the audio stuff that you started uh, the project by doing, was this mm -hmm. like, I mean, I did get the sense it was kind of like, you know, a day or two of you just rocking through being silly. And because it has a bit of a... Um, you know, uh, consistency that feels right. like it, like, like it was done, you know, like you were kind of like, okay, I'm in a zone of ridiculousness right now. I don't want to give up. And right. You know, well, I mean, it, not to say that you didn't write it at all. I don't know. Uh, I didn't write you, it down. No, yeah. I, I wrote it all through the, the audio recording. Yeah. Like I didn't, didn't write anything down. It was all, um, but, but I would only make, five to 10 minutes of the audio movie at a time. Um, mm. It took me months to get the audio movie done. And it took me only a month to do the, uh, the images. Yeah. Um, the, the certain points, the very dense points took me forever, but the very kind of loose and conversational points in the movie is those like I could like when, the, when, once the elephant character comes along, I was like, Th those sessions with the elephant character <laughs> where I felt like I, they were talking instead of it just being like all plot because the movie's super dense and there's something happening every two seconds. Right. It's sort of a, a revenge movie. Yeah. Kind it's of a, I spit on your grave, but Sam. Yeah, kind of like I spit on your grave. Oh my God. Um, uh, or if you hate <laughs> I spit that, on your grave, it's also <laughs> nothing like that. Um, uh, Death uh, wish. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, it seems like, like it's all the same theme here. I'm kind of rugged. Let me try another one. Um, <laughs> yeah, there are there are revenge movies that are, that aren't rape revenge movies. Oh God. Um, uh, 
and there, there's certainly none of that in the in Elfing Around. No, but it it's is a very silly movie, but there is sex. There is sex, yes, and uh, those <laughs> there is there is a, a specific location um, in Elfing Around that I could not, for whatever reason, every character and uh, they were like like uh, Andy Kaufman did to Jim Carrey. They tapped me on the shoulder and said, "We're going to take over for a while," right? And uh, I just they just could not. They were it was just so much sex stuff in this one uh location and I, that's what that what i had i said I, we need to get out of this house so i can stop talking about foreskins and sex right. and all yeah. this stuff it, um your id yeah that was it whatever whatever it was about that specific location and elfing around it's it about was like it was someone choosing to have a circumcision well there's one person who doesn't choose but yeah uh one person does and it's almost like a statement you know let the yeah. baby it's got to be like shogun assassin you know exactly choose all join me choose the foreskin join your mother in death exactly like it, yeah. it was uh, um the baby walked towards the foreskin it's that scene like that's the scene i think that's it's just like that, that scene where the circumcision happens it's also that's that's when the the viewers are given the choice am i going to watch the rest of this weird movie i just found or am i going to turn it off right now well uh yeah i mean i guess just to to tell the uh audience about what uh, a slight summary of the movie it's a revenge film about santa claus and mm-hmm. elves uh and um murder and mm-hmm. love and uh, uh, uh jesus and uh going to space there's Elephant a lot of space stuff. space yeah. uh yeah there's a clip of a uh spaceship going up um what was it's that uh specific stock footage yeah do you know which but you don't know much beyond that it's just stock footage of the no spaceship. well i mean i can I can find I out if you was want. Like, but... Did he use the Challenger? Was that like, is that like? No, a... no, no, no. I made sure it wasn't the Challenger. <laughs> okay, good. You made sure. That's yeah. not the Challenger. You yeah. ran it through the reverse Google uh, stock. <laughs> exactly. Stock well, well it, 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 there is a title to the file. I just, uh, I, I don't know. If it, it ain't was. the Challenger, I ain't interested. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I guess uh, something else I was wondering was just like, you know, I think an issue with this period of time of like isolation and stuff, I take it you like live alone or something. Is that why? No, no. My girlfriend uh, has been uh, having to listen to me, had to listen to me uh, record all this the whole right. time. Well, in spite of even when you are cohabitating, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm doing that too, is just like, I think it's really easy to sort of feel like just everything is on pause right now, like including kind of feeling or like knowing stuff about yourself if that makes any sense like sure so i'm just kind of wondering if this uh doing an 80 minute thing like this and you know kind of free forming humor for 80 minutes like gave you and making the movie itself like made you not to be sound ridiculous but like learn about yourself and find out new things about who you are or at least your voice as absolutely i mean certainly it like i um felt like i needed to 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 put some sort of creative output i mean if i if i wasn't because before i started stand-up i was 
in theater school. I was minoring in creative writing, like, and that, and and that I was able to, you know, have some sort of creative output throughout all those four years. And before that, you know, I was doing some some theater and stuff like that, you know. And and the re- the reason I fell into stand up so uh, why I I hit the ground running with stand up so hard was because it was like the one thing I could do every night um right and 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 get that validation yeah and it was pre uh it was structured for you exactly. to, to sort of enter and have potential to immediately do more mm-hmm. you know like and yeah and, and yeah and you know uh if things are good as well um pretty i mean you know, it's, it's kind of hard i find it's hard to gauge you're right but you know you, like like it you is. know if it you know if you're doing well because you get the laughs you know what i mean sure like, and you also get like uh i know it sounds strange but like attention you know when i say that i just mean like you hold, no, no you're you hold, right though. if you're holding attention you know and people are happy it's just you know a good sign basically and sometimes I, that can be indicative of what else you can be doing with your life. So even if you don't feel like, oh, this is working perfectly, you're going, well, you know, they're they're engaged with what I'm saying. Like that was always something I would notice doing stand-up was like I'd be mm-hmm. like, you know, people are kind of like into listening to me, which is like yeah. half the battle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like they're 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 interested in what I'm going to say, you mm-hmm. know, like I do, yeah, I like that about comedy. But it, you know, I always go back to this uh, thing that, and this is more verging on the sort of like the the pathetic nature of a of a stand up comedy psyche. But in Jordan Foisey's Vice article, he wrote about uh, um, Jeremy Piven's stand up set. Yeah. Did you read that? I, I yeah, Jordan's so amazing, and I uh, I I read that article, and I've I mean I've seen clips of jeremy piven's jfl stand-up so what yeah. did, but he was saying what did he say something about the recognition factor yeah he said that uh and it's one of the last lines and it just fucking killed me it was um i a fuck sorry um i stand a stand-up comic is just that that theater kid in high school trying to make the jocks laugh right and like i years ago wrote an article about doing stand-up where i said it was like like the repetition of jokes it's like you kind of feel like a shitty like a magician like a crummy magician or something and like the magician of dick jokes and stuff so i think Mm -hmm. uh i I do think that there is like a natural uh progression sometimes in stand-up that where you become looser even though you have the jokes and that kind of goes away a little bit and and there is definitely something to be said about you know, that aspect of theater where you can, um, you know, deliver, even if it's the same, like you can sort of like harness the energy of like the first time you told that joke when you were excited. I don't think it's easy at all. I don't, you know, but, right. but it's one of the reasons why the stand up comedy album is uh, such a difficult thing. Like mm-hmm. you're really making something that's got like per buyer or listener or whatever, like, Oh, it's it's very hard. I mean, I haven't had an album like you have, but I've, I, I, I've. I, it's very hard for me to listen and watch back my stand up, especially under the guise of I'm 
trying to get this ready to put on YouTube or send out as my tape. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, I had like 10 years and then five years, I think, or no, like seven years, like six years between records, you know? So I was pretty careful uh, about like having enough stuff that I was like, could, could dig into. And even then, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, I'm not, throwing that stuff on to get stoked on myself right exactly yeah i i I, so what i found with doing elfing around to go back to your question is just like i didn't need the validation when i was making this movie because this was me being having this sort of like fuck you move it was almost like a like me being audacious and being like, no, this is going to be, it's my 80 minute movie. I don't care what the fuck people think about this. I, I don't care if they turn it off right now because Santa Claus is circumcising himself. Like, I don't like that. Like that's the sort of growth I felt is like, I wasn't seeking that validation that I have been for as long as I've doing standup. I've have been, you know, uh, for like, the only person I was showing the audio movie to as I was making it was my girlfriend and she'd be, and she, you know, she liked it and all this stuff. And I showed it to my friend once he's like, I'd change this here. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not changing anything. It's done. (laughs) It's, it's. (laughs) Here it Um, is, buddy. What do you think? I mean, it's kind of like a band in that way, you know, where it's like, uh, or garage band or whatever, like you get together with three people, four people and you make it. And then you're like, here's what it is to everyone like you don't send it maybe you send it to someone about like mixing or something but you don't send it to your friend being like can you uh tell me if i should not sing this way you know because it's already done and um i i think that's cool again i mean but but what did you uh like learn what if anything uh, about yourself or to do or about well i certainly learned about a specific sort of writing that I want to keep doing mm-hmm. um, sort of stream of consciousness, but also, you know, meticulous in a way that, uh, it, you know, in, in, in writing, they teach you, you're supposed to give like new information with every line basically. Right. And like, yeah. what if I took that to a breakneck speed is what I basically started with uh-huh. elfing around and just like, not every, it's like, everything changes the, the yeah. momentum of the plot. There's um, a lot of twists and turns and who's the good guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and basically, yeah. I mean, and it's I, very silly. So it's, it's, it's hard for me to necessarily go, but it's true. Like, you know, you say these are things that you have made be the plot. So that's right, just what's exactly. happening, you know, no yeah, matter how exactly. it is. This I've is always wanted- I like. I've always wanted to get to a point where an audience has to be just be like, okay, this is what it is, you know, like instead yeah. of being like, because, you know, sometimes you watch certain movies with certain people or you feel it in yourself and you're like, watch a movie. You're like, Hey, well, that character wouldn't do that. Hey, you can't, you know, I, I see myself doing it sometimes like you're over logic, like you're, you're trying to put logic into a movie right. where the, the, the idea of a movie, unless you're going for like super realistic and all this stuff, the idea is that you're so engaged in the entertainment of, of it all that these plot holes and stuff like that, it doesn't matter. It only matters where you're going. Yeah, they call it the suspension of, of disbelief. Thi- disbelief. Yeah. 
Disbelief. This this, this magic belief. Billy. Um, uh, I so basically what I could do did eventually is like everything's changing so much and. It, it, it this is influenced by so much a lot of cart adult animation nowadays i mean simpsons is sort of the first big thing to do it but like adventure time and rick and morty and other shows like yeah took this to huge and futurama where yeah. it's like it, they give you a new thing and you don't question it it's just like yeah that's fucking insane but um I guess it makes sense because everything else is crazy. You well, know I, I mean? mean, you know, Nathan for you is, 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 has something to do with kind of like, I mean, surprise and twisting mm-hmm. is like a big part of comedy, but it's also just a big part of entertainment, you know? And, and uh, um, yeah, totally. It's not, it's not weird at all. And it's not weird. In co- I mean, with uh, like when I was writing lyrics regularly, that was like the whole thing I would do. It was like, I'd write a song and then like the la like the last line of the song uh, of a verse would mention you know something minor and then i'd right. make the whole third verse just about that minor thing <laughs> oh i love yeah. that kind of stuff yeah. Yeah, yeah and and like it was just so entertaining to me i'm sure i got it from from somewhere but um you know it, it it's uh i i just like it cuz it's uh again it's like a surprise i guess even if you do it all the time, it is still kind of a surprise because then you're talking about whatever the new thing is. And yeah, I mean, uh, and yeah, it's just like, uh, uh, it's, it's a fun thing and it's, it's really good. I think again, just like developing a voice that is like larger than what you consider your, say your occupation or your current discipline, like say Mm -hmm. stand up uh and and going well this thing i have i can this thing of ours which i just realized does cosa nostra mean this thing of ours beg your pardon you know how the mafia call it this thing of ours no i i I, i'm lost here sorry (laughs) this thing of ours you never heard that expression before what where would i have heard it in like, yeah, like, well, I don't even know if they see it in Sopranos, but in like gangster movies all the time. Well, um, I've seen a lot of gangster music movies, but I, I guess mean, I literally there is a movie with Frank Vincent. Every uh, every Sopranos actor called this thing of ours. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing that now. I'm 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 also googling something right now. <laughs> okay, yeah, I see that. I don't see what it it word origin it our thing our affair. Thank you. That's close enough to this thing of ours for me to feel like the winner of this trivia game. Hey, uh, that's Michael. You're in charge of this thing of ours. This thing of ours. You see this here? This is a thing that's us. Say hello to this thing of ours. <laughs> the, the, the elephant character is my bad Pacino impression. Right. My, <laughs> I in, used to in, love Pacino and Devil's Advocate. Oh, my yeah. God. Um, but yeah, so I mean, then you called in to I so I went on it and I noticed all these comments that were like, "Oh, watch this because of office hours. Watch mm-hmm. this because of office hours." Uh which is uh Tim Heidecker and uh, uh like his Vic Berger. Of, well, yeah, his he's been doing it for a long time. It's sort of a Q&A. It started as a bit of like a Q&A way of staying in touch with 
Tim's fans Mm -hmm. still is, but yes, Vic Berger, Berger and uh, Doug Pound are uh, huge parts of it as well. And you called in there. I did. I watched the clip right before talking to you and I thought it was very cool. I thought it was like perfect, you know? Oh, you did. I was, uh, I, I, I had some trouble after that. I was like, Oh God, I, of really course. That up. Yeah. I mean, it feels horrible just to screw, screw up your courage to call in to try to say you made something and people think you're using their vehicle to like plug something that they have no idea what it is, is legitimately a questionable move. You know, like it's something that you'd kind of need to examine, not you, not your choice yeah. here, because I think there was like every reason for you to do that on this show. And- well, I'm glad I did it, but I also had a plan to, you know, talk about other things with them. But yeah, I just, but then it's like you slip in the plug and it's still, yeah, I just, you know, I, I honestly, basically I was having a panic attack. I just like, my, I saw you started uh, brushing your, your forehead and kind of yeah. wa- wavering and they were like, are you okay? And dude, <laughs> like it's that vulnerability that is what in a way probably saved you, you know, like not saved you. I'm sure they were going to be relatively nice anyway. Like as Vic, Vic Berger said to you near the end of it, very sincerely, it seemed like you, you know, it's amazing that you completed something that yeah, of yeah. that length, especially. And um, I think that that's a real um, secret in comedy and especially in stuff that's a little more out there is like, you know, you can't be that, uh, detached from it or super sarcastic yeah. and ironic. There needs to be a person. Some, yeah. Ideally, you know, like in the case of what you're doing, you know, yes. And, and because of that, they were like, everyone was immediately kind of there for you, but also messing, you know, like being silly. And, with me. Yeah, yeah. and then he, and then Vic Berger like retweeted the the link, right. He tweeted out. The, oh yeah. It was and, huge. And, and so, you know, it, it it gave you this bump because I mean, as you might, might know, I certainly know this, like a lot of the time when people share things around, like, I mean, it's, it's dribbles of interest that you wind up getting. It's rarely like a whole flood of new people checking it out. That only happens when it's kind of like a really good um, combination of like, the person sending it out is it, it seems like something that the people who like him or like in the case of Vic, Vic Berger might also want to check out. So right. you actually managed to kind of get that. And, you know, and what was cool was it wasn't just people who like followed that tweet. It was actually the viewers, you know, of, right. of the show. So it was kind of, they, they took that extra step and that, that, you know, I think that's really impressive. Oh, I, I'm, I'm so glad I did it. It was, Certainly the, the Tim Heidecker audience are the marks for who would like this because I mean, I'm a, huh? The Marxists who would like Yeah. Yeah. This. And also, yeah, I, I need to get on a, a communist call-in show. That's, um, I, but, I can recommend a few. <laughs> I bet you can. Get on Antifada. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, I, I obviously made this like Tim and Eric's awesome show uh, is like, the, the 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 first sort of low budget insane comedy that I ever watched and that, that made me go like what the hell like 
I didn't yeah. know something like this could be made. And, but, but it's the sort of thing I watch and then I immediately got it. Um, and then, you know, stuff like uh, the state and Stella and stuff like that. Like, sure. Like, I mean, you know, made my, made my mind explode. The Stella videos it. were so like homemade looking, even though that was deceptive essentially, mm-hmm. because, you know, it was all people who'd made like serious television before. Mm-hmm. Um, like as in very professionally done stuff and um, movies. Yeah. And, but it was just so amazing to see that that style um, could really do like strong comedy. And you wound up seeing that again, like not, I think in, in Toronto comedy, when the people who I was coming up with were like Nathan when he was making these kind of videos with James Hartnett and Tim Gilbert, whatever, or, you know, they were, or Adam and Dave, uh, who were these great directors who were part of a group with Aaron Eves and, and Katie Crown. Like when they were doing that, it was like super exciting, you know? And, and, and I think that one of my favorite periods of stand-up shows was when, you know, they, 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 it was sort of mixed with like screening videos people made. Right. You know, and, and uh, I don't think that's gone away. Well, everything's gone away, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I should probably, but it, yeah, that's, that, that's the sort of energy. Uh, certainly me and my friends are going for is just like, some, just making it, trying to make it. So it's like, not so it's like low budget because it is low budget, but make it like, make it seem special for what it is. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the trick with it. You know, and, and it's uh, it's great to see people still doing stuff because, I mean, my whole worldview is just like, you know, most of the time, especially for things that are esoteric or not necessarily needs of every human being, if you don't make it, if you don't in- execute it, like it might not happen. You know, there, there might, sure. if, if those guys who made the comedy bar venue just hadn't had to, hadn't decided to do that. Well, then there wouldn't have been all that, you know, all, exactly. There wouldn't have been a space for people to play around like that. If, you know, this guy, Will Monroe, I always related to Will Monroe hadn't come up with these Vaseline dance nights in Toronto in like the early two thousands that were combining dance and punk and like history, you know, the history of a lot of different subculture stuff, obviously with like heavy LGBTQ, T, T S, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Like, it would have not been a meeting point um, for for people to come together and and you know that community to no longer be necessarily situated firmly in like the gay village on the east side. You know, so like that's why it's so important to. That's why I think it's so important that you made this. You know. I think it's, it's, I I like what you said. And you're like, if you don't do it, it doesn't happen. And I know you didn't mean it quite like that, but it's like, that is, that's the thing. Like, like you have to make these decisions to, if you have the idea and you need to be creative, especially when there isn't this thing that was so easy to fall into, like right now, like in the pandemic, you can't go to an open mic. You can't, do a show uh, no matter how many people you know are trying to make that happen like you have to be creative and you have to find a way to to 
if you have that thing in your in your body that makes you it's it's not just about doing stand-up and loving stand-up it's about being creative and getting some getting an audience and getting some sort of eyes on that you have to just do it It, whether it is you know messaging somebody and saying want to do something or it doing it yourself or going on office hours and saying i have a movie like that was a decision i made that I wasn't sure if I was going to do it, but it got me so many more reviews than I would have otherwise. And it ended up being a very positive. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, that's a really good example of it uh, too, you know, is like kind of taking that leap of good faith and just being like, okay, what's my intention behind this? Is it yeah. so I can get like more people to see my movie so I can be like bigger than Tim and Eric or something, you know, like mm-hmm. to further some ambition that doesn't really have to do with the platform that you're, you know, discussing it on yeah. or, uh, you know, or, or, you know, or is it the reason that you did it, which is like, they were, you know, his, their, their work was an influence on you and it's something that you think the audience would enjoy, you know? Right. And, and like generally when that's an intention behind it, even if it doesn't come out in the wash, like it will like be a good thing. You know, maybe, I don't know. People are weird, but (laughs) everyone has a lot of spare time now to sort of get mad about stuff, but you know, generally it's a good thing. And, and honestly, like innovation, like in, uh, live spaces, restaurants, this kind of thing in the last 10, 15, 20 years, like that's all that's been happening. So why not use that mindset to just adjust temporarily because it will mm-hmm. be temporary to what we're doing now, you know? And I think well, like, Zoom yeah. shows, you know, like I thought I'd hate them and I've only done one space now uh, for, for zoom standup shows. And it's completely different in a lot of ways, but I, I really enjoy it. You know, you basically have to make it your own. Yeah. That's what it is. It's innovation. If you don't like what a certain thing is, is then do it differently. Like I did a zoom show that, you know, I wasn't sure how it was and I maybe wasn't everybody had their own thing though, which was cool. And Jordan was on Jordan Brown. Very funny was on it. And Oh, it, it, she, like what she did, like I, I, I don't maybe don't want to spoil it. She can talk about it herself, but she did this like bit that was like so specific to like her and was specific to like zoom shows. And it made me be like, Oh, well, you know, I have faith in this medium because people like Jordan are doing it, you know? Well, where can people, check out elfing around people can check out elfing around on youtube my youtube um it's you, you'll have to search elfing around joel edmiston right now it's not the first thing that comes up but sure uh that'll change uh, it'll change yeah that'll change uh, i i certainly uh am, am am very grateful for all the people that have watched it right now but uh i, I and my girlfriend reassures me that this this sort of thing doesn't blow up overnight. So you know, you oh, know, dude, it, you're doing you're doing fine. You yeah, put it out like last week, and you mm-hmm. know, you've got some views, and you know, yeah, it, it's uh, it's sitting at like a two point four k views. Yeah, and, yeah, I saw. It, it, and you know, I'm not putting this episode out for weeks, so it's gonna get that bump, that Christmas bump. Also, sweet, sweet, sweet. it's definitely you're in the sweet spot. You've got three weeks of people thinking about the holidays. With exactly. nothing to do. Maybe they can't see their mother. What'll mm-hmm. they do? They'll watch elfing around. Yeah. 
get get on the YouTube, everybody. We know that you like the medium. So you um, also and subscribe to your YouTube, obviously, for Elfing Around Two. Yeah, and Elfing uh, Around Redo. And I got the the Merge Boot podcast. Um, yeah. If if you're interested in that, um, no longer fully about Survivor. So no, hopefully we can you know in the off season of um mass singer but apparently mask dancer is coming out there you go that but uh i would like to go whether back. it's Barishnikov. there's a lot of uh, um great comedians that have started watching uh survivor during current quarantine so i do want to just have them on and just to talk about survivor um that's awesome you know, like like james hartnett and uh tom henry both started watching oh funny survivor. <laughs> yeah um and uh so yeah th- if you like Survivor, you can go back and watch, listen to our old episodes, but we have no more ones coming soon. Um, oh, also, mm-hmm. I just, just to talk because we were talking about making content and videos and stuff like that. Um, me, uh, Ben Stagger, and Conrad Osei mm-hmm. made a movie right before quarantine called French Anglais Birthday that, like, it's like 10 minutes long that people can check out. Awesome. I'd love to see that. I, I, uh, Support Ben Steger and uh, yeah. everything he does. He's the best. And uh, oh yeah, Love yeah, and um, yeah, and you're on Instagram, Twitter, mm-hmm. and all that shit, right? Yeah. Um, well, I've got to pee so badly. Me too. Me too. And I've got to put clothes in the dryer. I mean, I don't have a butler or nothing. So it was great talking to you, Nick. Thank you, you so too. much. For having me on. I'm so glad you reached out and uh, you know sure. let me know you know uh about the movie i mean i would have found out anyway but this kind of pushed me into watching it and i'm really glad i did congratulations dude i'm glad you did too because it means a lot that you liked it oh thank you that's so nice um but you know i i really did like it and i love the spirit behind it and um you know i i hope you keep doing stuff like this and i also hope uh other people do as well me too but not too too many right we don't want oversaturation but yeah, I hope all well, the right I mean, is peaceful. I mean, if there's oversaturation, it means there can be innovation beyond that. So. No, I, I'm totally down with oversaturation. Yeah. I really think I want oversaturation because I actually want this to kind of become a predominant way of people communicating their voice because it's through even stock photos. Being, yeah, through stock. So I don't want Shutterstock or Getty to close. Yeah. But, you know, I just think it's like, Right now, because of Zoom and all this stuff uh, for show business, like the the difference between just making something yourself and what Hollywood is is making is so minimal. And I uh, more in television, and I, I'm I'm overplaying how little technology you know they they have. But I just mean there is you know there there is an ability for us to like entertain ourselves and you know ideally lower um people's awe of celebrity in a weird way and just make it about having fun and quality work and, and all this shit. I like that. That's a good that's a good note to end on. Now. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. All right, Joel. All right. Well, I would love to catch up with you off mic, but we both have uh bladders. So Yeah, I can see you shaking. <laughs> I am shaking, yes. It's gotta happen. It's gotta happen okay. right now. All right, buddy. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. I'll see you soon. And that was my talk with Joel Edmiston. Uh, And his great movie, Elfing Around, is something you can watch on YouTube.
Subscribe to him on YouTube. Go to Joel2L's baby on Instagram. Find him on Twitter. I'm not going to right now because, I don't know, screens everywhere. I've got my phone in my hand. I've got the other phone in front of me. Find Joel on Twitter. I trust that you can do this. Thank you so much for talking to me, Joel. I had a great conversation. It was a little bit creatively rejuvenating to just have a long conversation about making something with somebody. And uh, I'm very uh, proud of him for doing it. And I hope you are proud of yourself just for making it through this bizarre time period that we're living in. Things will get better. And that's that. (laughs) No, I mean, just, you know, we're all doing our best to get through it. I'm also very affected by this, obviously. And if you want to write the podcast for any reason, just write weekly podcast, W-E-A-K-L-Y podcast at gmail.com. If you want to support, ko-fi.com slash Nick Flanagan or patreon.com slash Nick Flanagan are great ways to help. Check out I'm Here All Week in White Privilege on my Bandcamp. Thank you to the producer of this interview, Mr. Andy Lloyd. Take care, everybody. Nick. Flanagan. Weekly. Nick. Flanagan Weekly.